Let's check in uh, with Bob Iaccino, the chief strategist of Path Trading Partners. He's joining us to take a look at the numbers here. Bob, good Wednesday morning to you after uh, investors found some, uh, well, a uh, little bit of solace in uh, the CPI number yesterday. I guess I'm wondering if they'll manage to shrug off a higher than expected uh, number in terms of the producer side of things. It looks like this one came in a little bit above expectations. Yeah, good morning, Ben. There was definitely some solace in the CPI number, but I would caution people against that when you broke it down. And obviously, you're not going to do that in the first few minutes of movement. We definitely saw yields ease a little bit. More impressively, over the last few days, uh, April 4th, the twos tens curve settled inverted. And then today, we got it at about 35 prior to this PPI mm -hmm. number. So it's like a four standard deviation move on the yield curve. Putting that aside, when you're talking about that CPI yesterday, part of it, as you probably spoke about at this point, was used car sales. I would caution people to think that that's somehow sustainable. And the reason I say that is because I had just looked at the data the prior day for semiconductor lags, and that actually went up in March. The lag time went up, which means new cars are not going to be stocking uh, the showroom yards or showroom floors anytime soon, which means those used car surpluses, which may be developing, I assume that's why the prices fell almost 4%, are probably going to go away. Now, when you look at this PPI number, you look at what we got out of the UK, for example, input PPI, 5.2% in the UK. That's the cost of goods going into the producer prices. It was spected up 25 Year over year, that number was 19%, Bob, 19.2%. I mean, that's ugly. Massive. It's just massive. And this is the thing. We switched in the U.S. now from more goods inflation, stable services inflation, to a slightly abating goods inflation, auto sales or used auto sales was one of them, to now services inflation, which is the majority of the economy. Mm -hmm. So when you look at this PPI figure right now, we're looking at basically beats across the board, mm -hmm. Um, year over year, 9.2 on the core, 11.2 on the headline PPI. Those are not healthy numbers. Those are not good for the Fed. We got that little bit of reprieve uh, yesterday, and we go into a period of time. Ben, I've been doing your show for a while now, and I remember talking about how PPI didn't matter as much because CPI was more important. This one matters. Hmm. I'd agree with you in many ways. Uh, we also talk about the trickle-down effect, not necessarily equating to the producers, equating to increased prices on the consumer side of things, but I think that trend has shifted as well. I guess now that I'm wondering if we have less in our pocketbooks ultimately and uh, in terms of uh, discretionary spending ultimately, what does that mean as far as expectations for tomorrow's retail sales number? I mean, it does seem like some of that uh, spending potentially could be pared back. Well, honestly, I think the pairing back of spending is something we've started to see in a very small scale. But having said that, I think retail sales is going to beat a little bit yesterday, okay. or I'm sorry, tomorrow. And uh, honestly, Ben, it's a gut feeling. I don't even know why I'm saying that. I don't really see data except for optimism in consumers from the prior months where they may have spent on things other than automobiles and other than durable goods. I think the retail component is probably going to be pretty strong um, in the retail sales, I just <laughs> said the same thing, but I think the retail component is going to be pretty strong, but the overall consumer goods sale is definitely starting to abate. We're seeing that in the data. We saw it in consumer spending in the PCE, uh, the consumer spending component of PCE, where we started to see that. And also, we're seeing the savings rate decline. The savings rate is now lower than it was 
uh, pre-pandemic, it's around 2014 levels. Consumer credit is starting to rise uh, slowly, but it's starting to rise. Now, overall savings that consumers have is still high, it's still strong, but the rate is declining, meaning that they're not able to save as much, not able to add to that stockpile. And you combine that with consumer credit going up, and that means the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum is starting to take on credit card debt. They're basically out of savings. That's one way to interpret that, stealing that from Cameron Dawson, uh, who's also a pretty pretty smart strategist. So when you take that equation and you sort of add it up, uh, I think it, it spells medium-term trouble for equities. Bob, stealing a comment from Jamie Dimon, card loan balances were up 11% to your point. Um, talk to us about what this means for the market because it's really struggled to hold rallies. We talked about uh, that run-up throughout the month of March, taking out the Feb highs, but April limited follow-through. And if anything, we've seen a series of lower highs right now. Do we have potential to retest those lows from earlier this year? January, I think we saw uh, February lows. What was it in the ES down around 4,100? But we do, and I've said it to you, I believe I've said it to Oliver and to Caroline as well. Uh, these to me were bear market, excuse me, bear market rallies, especially in the NASDAQ and the Russell, which hit bear market territory. Can't really technically say that about the Dow and the S&P because we never entered bear market territory. But remember, coming out of a bear market is a new high. We're nowhere near that. We approached in the S&P, but we weren't into a bear market in the S&P. We only hit uh, correction territory. People have to remember these things have definitions. So technically, we're in a bear market in the NASDAQ and a bear market in the Russell, and these have been bear market rallies. And technically, we're in a correction in the S&P and the Dow, waiting to see if we're going into bear market territory or we're going back up to new all-time highs. Well, we always talk about bear market rallies, how uh, they can be swift at times, but very short-lived. Bob, talk to us about uh, what we're seeing here as far as uh, central bank activity and some of the financial markets. Let's begin with the currencies because the dollar has been very strong. It's attracting attention. The Bank of Canada expected a little bit later on this morning. We saw an aggressive move from the RBNZ. This is all ahead of the ECB tomorrow. Yeah, I suspect you're going to see aggression everywhere except the ECB. I think the ECB is going to still try and talk uh, their inflation off a ledge, and they're not going to be very successful, but they don't have a whole lot of choice given the conflict that's go going on just to the east of them. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, it's very troublesome for them to come in and all of a sudden raise rates because they actually have an economic situation where they might have to stop on a dime and turn around. This is going to stoke inflation over there. And, and if there is some sort of resolution to the commodity price hikes that are coming from the war between Russia and Ukraine, uh, that's an issue that they're going to have to accelerate. And that's why I think you're seeing the strength in the dollar that we're seeing. You know, Bank of Canada, as um, you mentioned in the earlier segment, expected to raise, uh, re excuse me, I'm excited this morning, man. Hike rates by 50 basis points. Um, that's, the Fed has to follow that same path. I was listening to Neil Dutta from Renaissance Capital uh, the other day. And he was talking about how he still saw a bull case for equities. And I don't disagree with what he said. But one of the things he said is he thought you could see uh, inflation fall to about three and a half to four percent by the end of 2023. How is that success when the target rate is two percent? Mm -hmm. So they have to be aggressive or they have to say we have to stomach inflation for now, which is already hurting the consumer going into an election cycle. I don't envy them at all.
Well, that's pretty much the message we've received from Fed speakers this week. Bob, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, in terms of the uh, uh, auctions that we've seen this week, tying back to Treasuries, the lack of demand for the most part. It looked like the 10-year auction yesterday was just uh, dismal. We've got a 30-year bond uh, auction a little bit later on this afternoon. I mean, you can understand, I guess, in many ways with rates on the rise, why uh, we've seen in Treasury yield or Treasuries to the downside and rates on the rise. Sure, absolutely. I think the, the demand's going to be weak for a while. You still have this sort of commitment to some of the older, uh, to shorting some of the older issues than going right into the new ones at current yields. I think that will probably get a little bit stronger as you see 3% 3, 3 on the 10-year. Uh, we're drifting away from that. We were drifting away from that yesterday, getting a 272 settlement. Last I looked, 275. My prediction for 2022 was 275. Uh, on the 10-year. So I, I think I probably have to adjust that. I don't see any way that rates in the medium to long term don't continue to go higher. So I think the, the Treasury auctions will get a little bit more popular as Tina erodes, which, of course, is there is no other alternative. All right, Bob, uh, the one thing you mentioned here in terms of the aggressiveness you expect to see from central bank activity, I'd imagine you feel a little bit differently when we're talking about Asia, the yen, a reflection of some of that uh, uh, more uh, well, accommodative type stance we've seen from the BOJ, for example, the end's been coming off. We've got to drop it here, though, Bob. Uh, appreciate you joining us here and taking a look at the numbers here. A great breakdown looking at PPI market reaction two with the uh, chief strategist of the path trading partners. It's Bob Iacino. Bob, thanks again for joining us.